All right, welcome back to another episode of Generally Assembled, your favorite Pennsylvania House Republican podcast. Uh, and we're a quartet this week, right? Yeah, yep. we have we have my good friend, uh, Representative Clint Allen, with us, and the one guy in this room that looks like he might have eaten an Impossible Whopper at some point. His district's a lot like yours. You can't insult him like Listen, that. Now, and this, this man, if I'm not mistaken, is on the Dairy the dairy Council. Or, or, so tell, tell the, the Center for Dairy Excellence. Yes. And so the record's straight. I don't want any of my farmers listening to this thinking that I, in any way, shape, or form, have eaten the impossible water. Yeah, so excellent. that is not happening. But it he does drink milk. Happen. He drinks milk, white and chocolate. Not and almond so or not. No, 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 no. Yeah. That's juice. Yeah, that is juice. You cannot that's milk juice. an almond. Not milk. You cannot milk an <laughs> almond. Uh. Oh, yeah, you can milk anything with nipples. <laughs> Welcome to the day's podcast. <laughs> I have nipples, Greg. Could you milk me? Wait, well, that, you know what? what? Nick's going to be listening to this later, and he's going to feel personally attacked. <laughs> oh, that was, uh, that was meet, the, meet the parents. <laughs> yeah, yeah, meet the parents. <laughs> yeah, that's all. Um, all right, so we're uh, we've wrapped up. Uh, well, you guys have wrapped up budget hearings. I've 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 wrapped up eating for the last four weeks, uh, but. You know, we have a lot to, to cover there. We also did uh, a big press conference this week on divesting from Russia and investing in freedom. But That's I do have to say, yeah, That's I do have to say the biggest news of the week happened yesterday. And it's incredible. It's exciting because the preview trailer for Obi-Wan Kenobi dropped yesterday. I watched ah. it no less than seven times last night. Uh, it looks incredible. And I'm really excited to see some live action inquisitors. I don't we, you we have said Neil and I have said time <laughs> yeah. and time again we don't watch stars. However, we do have a fourth. So let's ask Clint the the big question here, are you a Star Wars well, fan? Well, I was going to ask is that a movie? <laughs> no. It's, oh, <laughs> oh, all right. All right. All right. All right. Well, look. Obi-Wan Kenobi will drop on Disney Plus on May 25th, which is 45 years to the day where the original Star Wars movie came out. Uh, it'll be on a limited, to a limited, action, uh, limited live action series with. Uh, uh, oh, so it's not Ewan, a movie; it's a no, series. Yeah, okay. Ewan McGregor uh, reprising his role as the uh, title character, uh, which he did in the prequel movies. So it'll be very well, you exciting. you let us know how it is. All right. Well, now <laughs> that we've, we've, glad, glad we talked about that. Yeah, yeah. let, <laughs> let us know how it is. Although, I, I'm, if we're talking about I think I'm going to see uh, with my boys this weekend the Batman, the new Batman movie. So okay. I'll also report back next time on, on that. I know that's a that's not Marvel. That's in the DC universe, but uh, looking forward to that. Still the best DC movies are the Batman-themed ones. In my I agree. Opinion. But, yep. I mean, look. Here's another workaround if you want it, if you want one is that if you get a subscription to HBO Max, it comes with all of the Warner Brothers movies in theaters the same day as release. Really? Yeah, uh, the Batman, the one they they're delaying three that. weeks. Um, but like when Matrix, okay. when Matrix Resurrections came out, it dropped on HBO Max the same but, day. But isn't before we get into the the real stuff of the budget, isn't it? There's just something about going to a theater for me. Like I don't do it often. I'll I'll, I'll admit I watch a lot at home or when it comes out on. You know, DVD or, or streaming now is the more popular uh, way to watch. But I still, I like, I know it's expensive as all get out now, but I still like every once in a while going to the movies. There's just something Americana yeah. about that. Yeah, I saw like the Batman, the day that the Batman movie came out, they were, some places were charging like surge pricing because the demand for, for yeah. tickets was through the roof. Yeah, and then lines were, and I, I don't know, there's a good feel to that. I, I like that. I like getting the popcorn and putting like the real butter or the The fake. real butter? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Keep telling yourself that, yeah, Jesse. Right. <laughs> or whatever that liquid is that I pour all over it. Well, I used to work at a movie theater uh, throughout high school and during my first two years of college, and let me tell you, it was the single greatest 
a most beneficial experience for working in government because you charge people an absorbent amount of money for very little in return. Like the governor. <laughs> yeah, like, like the governor's budget. Like, All right, we're in. We're in. We're doing it. I was waiting for it. I was like, did I make? Am I in the right? We finally found the transition. Yeah, we did it. We we worked there, guys. We're four and a half minutes in, and we finally meandered our way back into substance. Yeah, so we just we concluded the budget hearings. We did three weeks of budget hearings. Had nearly every state agency in. Um, I think well, one thing that, that was a, a clear trend across all of these cabinet secretaries is even they couldn't justify the governor's spending. Uh, in, in fact, in some cases, some of them didn't even know about it. Uh, you Which know. just shows how unserious of a proposal it is when they can't just, not only can they not justify it, but they actually don't know. It's like, well, why am I going to spend my time? Studying things that that I don't know is kind of like statistics in college for me, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, and, and you know, one of the themes that we kind of went through was this uh, vaccine cash giveaway, as we're calling it, that the governor gave only to state workers. And Clint, I know this is something that you have pursued through a number of these hearings, and we heard the budget secretary uh, tell us that you know, well, really, the the reason for the for the vaccine incentive was that his goal is that the Commonwealth of Pennsylvania is the premier employer in this state. I mean, that's kind of a sad statement in reality, isn't it? Yeah, it it really is. I mean, we have some amazing employers all across the Commonwealth that are doing a phenomenal job creating an atmosphere that people want to go to every day and, and give their all. Um, but really, I mean, it's it was the amount of money. I mean, it was $45 million that we know of. And I think that the, the thing that came out today that kind of shocked me was the fact that they didn't actually make everybody produce their vaccine card right. to show. Like, it was like... So we don't, we don't even actually know for sure, you know, if, if these if folks it, were, and we, so we don't know if it was effective. I mean, the date's on the card, but we, we don't know if it, if the whole policy was effective or not. I mean, how many craziness. Antonio Browns were right. in these departments? Yeah. And, uh, and, you know, you know that's saying a, they were vaccinated and they were. That's what the secretary said. Well, there was an attestation form. Well, you know, well, like did you anybody said. follow up on those? Like, is there any like? No. Ver- we know that there's not. And so, I mean, I think the question is, you know. Are these folks really vaccinated, and and is is this a good use of taxpayer money? And, and if they're vaccinated or not, that's that's right. That, and right. I think that's what right. Clint to his guys. Let, let's put that aside. Is this was this a proper use of taxpayer dollars? And the answer is clearly no. The, right. This was not. The majority of these departments, they were either already vaccinated, or they're moving towards that, or there were some people that simply. You know, didn't want to get it for whatever reason. At the end of the day, that's the the government has no business playing in that space, and that I think that's something that we talked about as the House Republican Caucus. We're not anti. Uh, vaccination. We are anti-mandates, and even though this wasn't a mandate, it kind of felt like one. I mean, well, it was a pretty, there was a yeah. pretty hefty well, financial we're, incentive. We're also pro common sense, uh, and you know, I think one of the first things that we all said when this this uh, this incentive came down was that. It made absolutely no sense to nobody, and we've shown. I think you know through the questioning you guys have done that showed that it made very little impact while costing a large amount of money. Well, I think the the other question is where did the money come from? When I heard it the first time, and there were numbers, you know, the governor originally said maybe twenty four, then we heard maybe a hundred, we ended up around forty five. But where did this money come from? The governor was saying, oh, we've got extra money, and that was my question to the budget secretary today. It was like, if there's extra money. Did you bring a check to the General Assembly? Like, why don't you return it to us? Like, if we if we over-appropriated $45 million last year, it would have been nice to know. But they actually had money available. And then they had the audacity to come back this year and say, hey, we also want a, a 6% increase or a $6.2 million increase in our GGO this year. So I think those are the things that kind of 
really scratch your head in under, trying to understand this whole thing. Oh, we had some head scratchers. Oh, man. Yes, we did. <laughs> uh, and I think maybe maybe for the first time in history of a budget hearing, we actually caught a cabinet secretary being truthful. Uh, and it might have gotten her Imagine in a little that. bit of trouble. Yeah. Oversharing. Yeah, oversharing. oversharing. It's not that they didn't just say the quiet part out loud, but they said the part <laughs> out loud that literally they were probably instructed to never say out loud. Right. <laughs> yeah. Well, the questioning was along lines of, of state contracts, particularly uh, for M- MCOs, the managed care organizations, which is a fairly weedsy issue. But I think what, what people really could, could see when we brought out and asked, uh, where did this language come from? And the language we were talking about in that contract was essentially – Forcing um, hospitals or any medical providers, any med- like dentist's office, any- anyone that receives Medicaid patients, to be unionized, forced collective bargaining. And when I asked the Secretary of Human Services, she said in her words that the language they, they collaborated with the union, the SEIU, the union, which was actually going to benefit from that to create the language, which was a stunning revelation. And, right. and I think that's something that... Uh, certainly, you know, should should be in the news that this was this was government that this is what the people this is why they don't trust government. This, right, this exactly. is, these kind of examples are why we have to go home and try and justify, you know, whether the government is working properly or not. And when they see these examples, it just it it, it paints everything but, in a bad light. But isn't it par for the course with Wolf? I mean, we've seen this over the last seven years, time after time. He makes decisions based on his campaign funders and dark money groups and special interests, right? I mean, he's vetoed common sense workers' comp changes because the trial bar gave him a lot of money in his reelection campaign. I mean, it's so obvious to see. And it's one, but it's, and you're right, but it's one thing to veto a bill or to not sign a bill or for us to pursue legislation. We all run campaigns, we all get campaign dollars. That doesn't change the General Assembly. When you're talking about writing language into state contracts that no one else sees, mm-hmm. that's done behind closed doors, that people are told do not talk about, the, uh, contracts that are worth billions of dollars, and the beneficiary of that language was your was was your number, if not your number one, one of your number one campaign uh, contributors. That's a problem, and and that's what I think we we expect. Well, and really, like in a cynical way, it's using poor people and threatening their access to medical care in order to benefit a union. Yeah, let's, I mean, the language itself let's would hurt access to care. That, that's A, number one. It's right. bad public policy. It's bad public policy that was created in collaboration with a group that will benefit from it. Then that gets into other areas that, that, look, and that's why we have these hearings. I mean, I know it was kind of a stunning revelation, but at the end of the day, we are trying to get to the truth. I think, you know, Clint and I had talked about that at one point this week, that that's what our job is, to try and get to the truth of how this money is spent, how these operations are, are actually functioning, and that's what we do for three weeks. That's why we come down here and do what we do. Right. And I think, you know, people wonder, the people might, I don't know if people actually watch the hearings. They probably do. Ruth Topper, who also <laughs> happens to listen to this podcast, uh, so get ready for that, Clint. My mom also watches the hearings. So we know at least one person Look forward does. to meeting you someday, Mom Topper. Yeah. <laughs> uh, no, but I think, I think that, you know, people wonder, like, why are they doing this? Like, nobody's actually answering the questions. Nobody's actually getting to the bottom of an issue everybody just talks around it and they just him and haw and blah 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 and it, it is annoying we see it but every now and then a little nugget of truth might come down and people you know and, and we need to be there to try and get those and then we can start to really draft and work on policy changes you know for things just like you uh, uncovered this week topper well and there's a, there's an oversight function too right i mean and it's just making sure that 
uh, government is actually working for the people and not for special interests. And I think in this case, it was one of those, it, it was very clearly not the case. That's what wasn't happening. It was working for a very select group of people who had an inside track on trying to get it done. And, um, you know, it was really a, a sort of a, a brilliant line of questioning that was even, <laughs> even further. Listen, Neil, Neil is into God. this. Yeah, Neil is into this uh, uh, humbling of Jesse Topper stage right now. Well, so I think somebody has to. <laughs> <laughs> well, I think I, the brilliant line of questioning left Jesse like... So they're like, what, he was what, holy yeah. smokes, did she just say what I thought yeah, she said? I was, I was caught off guard by the honesty of the answer, but... but well, I, then Representative Warner came in afterwards and, and hammered it home, too, right? Which was, um, you know, you crack, you cracked it open, and then other people came in and, and really were able to dig but deeper But what I really it. hope, and, and this is what I, I earnestly hope, is that now the people <clears throat> who should be also doing investigative coverage... The media right. actually looks into this because I guarantee you, had something like this happened under the previous administration, they would be all over it. So now, now we get to see, you know, is that simply a de facto wing of the Democratic Party, or are they going to look into this and, and report accurately on it? And of course, that remains to be seen. Short answer: Yes. Second part: No. <laughs> um, all right. Uh, so let's uh, move on to some of the other things that were happening this week. We still have the ongoing war in Ukraine. And uh, given that we devoted probably eight minutes uh, to that last episode and about the episode before, too, right? Yeah. yeah okay. We've been talking it's about that a lot. It's a serious issue. It is a very issue. serious and, issue. And there are real, what it shows, what's going on right now with the price at the, at the pump, it shows real world, real life ramifications for bad public policy decisions over the years. And these are public policies that we have been either fighting against in some cases or advocating for for many years. And, and as we said at the outset, this idea that somehow you're going to stop importing Russian oil but not create any new energy of your own right. is lunacy. Yeah, I have to say, like, Governor Wolf's initial reaction to this has been incredibly weak, like his approach to almost every issue. You know, the, the initial response was, we'll pull two brands of vodka off the liquor store shelves, and we'll change the light bulbs outside the Capitol building to blue and gold. And that was it. That's mm -hmm. all he did. And we started talking about the import of energy here in the Commonwealth and in, in, in as a nation at, at large, and started getting attacked. We were getting attacked by Democrats. How dare you, right? And finally, finally, Slow Joe uh, in the White House decides that, okay, we're going to block the import of Russian oil. And almost immediately, Wolf's like, yep, that, that's the right decision to do. And all these liberals on, on Twitter and everywhere else, they're like, all praise Slow Joe. He, he's, he's saving us from this Ukraine crisis. And it's like, these are the things that we've been talking about for two weeks. Well, and in areas like Clinton, he can speak about this, and, and I want him to. Look at the resources we have available here in Pennsylvania, and especially in, in your territory, that are yet untapped. Well, I think that the bill that, that I'm working on would open up and it would stop this moratorium, this misguided moratorium from, from wolf on our state land um, leases. We could do that. We have stranded gas on private property because of this moratorium uh, being able to get to the state property. And so, I mean, just think about this. The, one of the most liberal governors, if he actually sat down and signed a lease after being such you know, crazy left on this issue, if he actually sat down and signed a lease, what that message would send not only to the rest of the country, but even over in, in Russia. Like, holy smokes, he's we're actually doing it. We're actually doing something about it. That's the kind of thing that needs to happen. That's true leadership to, to, to actually make the change and get us on a different path. The path we're on is not working. 
and we have got to rethink this. Well, and one thing I want to—I just want to make clear about what you're talking about, because sometimes people hear like leases on state lands, and they think, "Well, that's where I go." Right? But you're talking yeah. about areas where there's already a well drilled. Well, but if they could go horizontally in a different direction with minimal surface impact, there's gas there. But we still won't even let them go after that gas. Correct. The, the bill that I'm working on is non-surface, so yeah. for state land leases. So we're talking, you know, setting up on private property, or if there's already an existing well there, being able to access through the technology that we have the gas that's stranded on on state property. And we and here's the thing, out of my district, you you talked about this topper, like. There, we are actually seeing gas flow into New York State from my district and then on into Canada. That's actually happening right now. Like There are ways that we could produce more just in my district, in my area, the northern tier, that we could we could actually be exporting even more into places like Canada and and if New York State would build a couple pipelines, we could we could supply uh, New England. And exactly. now people see when we said it was a national security issue, it truly is a national security yeah. issue. However, yeah. let's go back to the next we've talked about band names before. How about that for a band name, Stranded Gas? That also I mean, sounds like what happens after I go to Chipotle. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Hey, hey, it's a family podcast. <laughs> <laughs> no, are you kidding? That is, that is the yeah, 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 your son's going to love that joke. Or an impossible whopper, I'm sure. Who wants to be the first to experiment that one? <laughs> no, no, no. We're still not here. No, no, no. Don't break, don't break. Yeah, at the end of this legislative year... We will, for this podcast, we'll bring in a couple and we'll try them do on, a taste test. On, on air. Well, I you know what we should do? We should maybe invite some Democrats in to taste them. And that's, they'll be on the podcast, <laughs> right? Clint yeah. just told me he's already busy that day. Yeah. He's not coming back in for that. But well, it, is, it is a national security issue. But now we're seeing why. Because I think, I think when we would bring that up before, when you talk about national security, we'd be like, oh, come on. That's, never, that's not going to be an issue. Now, I mean, really? Look, look at look, Europe. Yes. Look what you're, I mean, what, what these lefties want us to do is emulate Europe's energy policy. And the alternative from the president to get, get, to get oil from Russia is we're going to go and get more from Iran and Venezuela? Well, I think like, that, that was the point of the, you know, the press conference that we did. The, the, the irony of that, the day we're doing this, the, the president of the United States is talking with Venezuela and Saudi Arabia and all these other countries. And here is a group of legislators from the state of Pennsylvania with an abundance of resources saying, please talk with us. Like, come talk to us. Like, we have the resources here. You right. don't need to go to Venezuela. You don't. We can they won't even actually, these countries won't even answer a phone call, I guess. Like, like we <laughs> Nor will. should we answer theirs. Like, these are right. people who do not, they who don't, don't have our like best interests. They don't have our best interests. Like, so come talk with us. We have the best interests of this country and our, our folks here that we're serving, our constituents. We have their best interests in mind, and we, and we can help. Well, and look, look at what's happening here, which is, you know, the, that the United States, we do have the luxury because we have the ability to create our own energy resources here so we can cut off Russian gas. But we're cutting off Russian gas without, and petro other petroleum products, by the way, without backfilling that. Europe is in a much different position. Europe is a number one importer of natural gas in the entire world, and they get 40% of that, 41% of that actually, from Russia. Uh, also, Russia's government budget, 40% of it, comes from their oil and gas industry. So, you know, we made this point at the, the press conference, uh, Representative Allett, where it was it, every dollar that the United States and our allies spends on Russian oil and gas goes to finance their war efforts and their efforts at global domination. Um, but we have the ability right here in Pennsylvania 
to backfill that, not just for ourselves, uh, but for our allies. We have the ability to make Europe safer, Western democracy safer, by not being reliant on the cheap gas coming from Russia. Uh, people say, well, it's not a lot. Well, in 2019, there were Russian-flagged tankers in New England mm -hmm. because it is cheaper for people in New England to buy gas imported from Russia than to buy gas from Pennsylvania. Um, because under this administration, the Wolf administration, under the now the Biden administration, Pennsylvania has become the Ben Simmons of natural gas. We have a lot of talent, but we don't want to use it. Um, Clint, that's a basketball reference. <laughs> okay, okay, yeah. Just making sure you understand. So that's an NBA basketball reference. And I'm it's glad I'm not the only one he picks on here. And it's yeah. very, very good, actually. Yeah. It's actually well done. Yeah. Uh, I've, I've workshopped it a few times. Um, I, knew was, knew, I knew I wanted to use it on the podcast. Yep. Um, it there. But, but, I mean, we actually had this whole discussion just for that one moment yeah, on so, the yeah, podcast. Yeah. So, um, so, so, but look, we're, we're the number two exporter. Uh, of natural gas in the entire, or natural, number two producer of natural gas in the entire country. Uh, the Appalachian region is a number three exporter of natural gas in the entire country. But why? Why are we content to be two and three when we have the ability under several pieces of legislation unveiled earlier this week uh, and discussed earlier this week and things a governor can do right now, right today, to increase production capacity and, and, and develop pipelines? Here's why. Because as was demonstrated with SEIU and the, and the contracts for the hospital, this administration, and I truly think that the Democratic Party right now is beholden to their interest groups, and one of those are the, uh, well, I'll call it one, all of the environmental groups rolled into one. And that's a problem, because these, these also are people who do not have, in my opinion, our nation's security or the best interests of the country at heart. Uh, frankly, these high gas and oil, oil and gas prices are they, that's been part of the Democratic playbook for a long time. They were going to slow walk it with Reggie, uh, with shutting down coal plants, with deprioritizing natural gas. It's just uh, it's happened a lot quicker than they wanted to, and it's forcing them to, unlike saying the part that they're not supposed to say out loud, they are saying the quiet part out loud, which is, you know, you have Pete Buttigieg this week saying, hey, guess what? If you can't uh, afford an extra $400 a month in oil and gas prices, you should go out and buy a $600 extra a month Tesla because it's going to be yeah. cheaper for you to use. Uh, yeah. Guess where, that, guess where oh, that, yeah. that, electric, that electric charge comes from? Coal, the wall, and natural gas. Right? No, it, it comes from. Yeah. What? Don't you just plug plug thing well, in the not wall? On, not only that, but isn't Russia like the number one exporter of the rare earth minerals or metals that are needed for the batteries? Russia and China. Oh, yeah, oh good. Oh, great. great. Well, that's yeah. good. Well, yeah, we're in yeah, good shape. Yep, they, good. They've been behaving well <laughs> yeah, yeah. lately too. Yeah, I, might, so. I go. I I sleep well at night knowing that. I think the one thing that that we have not talked about a ton, I and mean, I brought it up at the the end of the hearing today, was of what this fuel and fertilizer and grain prices are going to do, you know, for our farmers. You know, if you think it's expensive to go to the grocery store now, you know, our farmers are literally sitting around tables trying to decide if they're going to plant corn this year, and or if they're what what how are they going to make it grow? How are they going to have decent yields if fertilizer's through the roof? And Russia makes a ton of fertilizer. And so these are things that we have not seen the end of this in any way, shape, or form. We are just at the, the surface of this. And if we can't feed ourselves, and, yep. and the ag side is, is I mean, I, I talk ag because it's a big part of my district, but, like, that's a big, big deal. Again, it goes back to security. You, you talk about energy, you know, producing your own energy being, being necessary for national security, producing your own food also. And, and if that production slows or stops in any way, we will see 
catastrophic uh, consequences here in, in the Commonwealth well, and, and all yeah. around the country. I mean, you know, once again, House Republicans were kind of ahead of the curve and taking the lead. A couple years ago, we actually did uh, another tax credit based on the tax credit that's being used in Beaver County, uh, where Shell's building the largest petrochemical facility, you know, in the Northeast. And um, we, we tweaked it to deal with the different type of gas that, that exists in, in your area, Clint. And after doing that tax credit, um, there's already a large investment that's going to be coming into Luzerne County, where a refinery is going to take Pennsylvania natural gas, refine it, and turn it into reduced carbon gasoline uh, that can be used in vehicles and things like that. And that'll help uh, you know, reduce our reliance on importing gasoline from elsewhere. And uh, that tax credit can also be used for if there's somebody that wants to come into Pennsylvania, if anybody listening wants to build a fertilizer plant right here in Pennsylvania, there's a tax credit for you, oh. thanks to House Republicans. Well, let's, if you know, let's solve our own problems. <laughs> with our own resources. And if that happens because someone was listening to this podcast, that'll be remarkable. Like right now, if somebody's like, you know what, I was I was actually thinking of right. building my own facility. Well, we and are Neil Lesher just said well, that, and I, I think I think now <laughs> that shows the reach you, of what we do here. And please yes. feel free to leave us a five-star rating on uh, iTunes <laughs> and, and mention the podcast. <laughs> both, both the people that are listening to this. <laughs> does, does, does Ruth have any expertise in fertilizer? <laughs> well, <laughs> yes, yes, in so many ways. <laughs> uh, well, if the five people that do listen to this podcast aren't having fun by now than at least we are. Anything else before we wrap it up, I think? No, I think it was a great week. We have a great team that we have down here. Wouldn't you agree, Jesse? I mean, it was it was phenomenal. The, the help that we had, the staff helping us through all this. I mean, because, listen, I mean, there's so many issues and so many topics to cover. I mean, we, we, we have got an incredible team that helps us work through this process, and it's been, it's been and fun and it's to work because, on it. It's because they genuinely, in all seriousness, they genuinely care. They care about the Commonwealth. They care about the people that we serve, and we are we are truly trying to design a government that is that is new and restructured going forward, and and one that is is designed, as you said earlier, Jason, to serve the people, not the other way around. And I think that's what we're getting at. And, and Clint's right. Uh, we had great great members, and I would encourage people go back and and look at uh, some of what what was done over the past couple of weeks, and hopefully you'll see the results of that in a very good budget that we start to put together that that stands up for taxpayers. Puts people first, all the all the all the sayings, but it is truly what we care about and what we want to do. Yeah, just head over to pabudget.com. Uh, we've got clips from all the hearings there. We've got kind of our key takeaways, our take from from the days are posted there. So if you miss some of the hearings, or if you're interested in seeing kind of some high level clips, again, just uh, high, high level clips. high high level clips, high level clips. <laughs> You'll get to see how, how good looking Clint Allen is. A comment on Clint's in haircut. person. Yep, absolutely. Yes. Um, <laughs> thanks a lot. Yeah, we'll get the, um, we'll get the GQ <laughs> model up in front of the camera here. PA budget. <laughs> All right. Well, if that's not enough websites uh, for you, uh, don't forget where you can find uh, Generally Assembled and all your favorite Pennsylvania House Republican podcasts at www.pahousegop.com slash my podcast. So the guy's going to talk about the new Star Wars show coming out. <laughs> <laughs>